Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazel. We've got a couple of great guests today as part of our big special of going live on All Business and C-Suite Radio. Now, our first guest, I got to tell you, who wants to be a millionaire? How does one become financially empowered? Can we become millionaires during an economic downturn? We're, we're going to find out, and we find out it is true. You just got to listen in how. He tells us all about it. My next guest is making it his mission to help people from all walks of life achieve a higher level of financial freedom. And I tell you, you need that right now. And he's the one to tell you about it. And as we adjust to this new way of doing business, Craig Dunkerley, the CEO and founding partner of BG Wealth Group, will talk about what steps we need to implement right now to maintain the cash flowing and preparing for the next 60 days and beyond. And then this is a it, it it proves out even after this is all over. This is a strong strategy. Welcome Craig Dunkerley, the CEO and founding partner of BG Wealth Group. How you doing today? Very good, Jeffrey. Thanks for uh, having me on. I always love being on your show. Well, let's start with, can really, can anyone be a millionaire? Yes. Yes, I strongly believe so. Um, one of the things I see with uh, most individuals is they don't take control of their own money. They don't know what their money's doing. And really, the first step is, is taking control and getting an understanding of your money and what it's doing and what it can do. Well, I'm telling people right now, in fact, I'm going to, at the C-Suite Network, I'm trying to work with somebody to get out a free cash flow tool that people can look at because cash flow is real king right now, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely I'm cash flow is. So what would you be telling people to do right now in terms of all this, this chaos that we're featuring? You know, everybody talks about chaos and it is, it's without question, it is, it is truly disruptive, but at the same time being disruptive, there's also great opportunities there. Yeah. And, and we're, we're watching uh, for opportunities. I'm talking with uh, my clients on a regular basis, you know, what opportunities are out there. Uh, I've had a number of people reach out to me about the stock markets right now and should they be jumping into them. And, you know, there's kind of a concern. There's only a few Warren Buffets in the world that can uh, make a ton of money doing that. And you got to really be careful what you're doing. Uh, as we come out of this, um, this pandemic that we're going through now, there's going to be some chances of a number of companies that, that go under. And I have some of my clients say, well, what about this stock? What about this stock? And, you know, it might look like a good deal today, but if that company doesn't survive, you could be uh, losing what you put in. Well, it would have been a good one to get Zoom, I think. <laughs> yeah. Zoom is pretty good. Zoom, Zoom, had, Zoom has had a good ride. I sent another note yeah. to Eric uh, Juan yesterday. Yeah. So he's done well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Zoom has done very well. So, and, and, and from our side, um, you, you know my, uh, myself, uh, uh, Jeffrey, I've always been a bricks and mortar person, although I do uh, trade in the markets and what have you. Uh, actually, I do use uh, the iFlip uh, program as well. Ah, uh, well, we're talking about a good friend of ours. So, so yeah. we mentioned iFlip. It's Randy Tates, the CEO. He's a Hero Club member. And uh, we're in both Craig and I are, are um, users of that. It's called iFlip. Uh, maybe we can, in the chat, in the chats, guys, can we put that in into the chats for the live uh, portion of this and get, get them the uh, link that they can go download that? That's, it will save you some money, and it's a really good. It's we're doing well, doing well. 
Yeah, I, I like the iFlip platform as well. It's it's finding the right tools, you know, that are, are going to help you make money and, and be able to uh, watch what things are doing and, and doing it safely. And again, I go back to bricks and mortar. Always been a bricks and mortar person. Brought, bought in the, in the U.S. a number of properties after the 2008 crash. Opportunities became available. Uh, there's opportunities right now becoming available. We're watching it in Canada. We're buying up in an area of Canada here with a number of our clients as well. Um, being, being, a, being a value investor and following individuals like uh, Warren Buffett and paying attention to what they're saying. Uh, he's been talking about this, uh, this crash coming for quite some time now. Quite yeah. some time he's been talking well, about. Well, you know, it's, it's yeah. interesting. The, 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 the crash has come about at the same time the virus. I think it gave us a good excuse to have the crash. I mean, quite frankly, we all knew it was coming. We, yeah. all, we all were expecting. I, I, I predicted May. Um, yeah. So, you know, I'd said earlier about two years ago, it's going to hit May. And I, plenty of time before the elections and get, you know, a chance to be able to recoup. But let, let's talk, most people, just if we get away from the market, okay? Because I don't want to talk about the market because <laughs> most people aren't going to become millionaires from the market. There are a lot of millionaires Absolutely. made in the market with Absolutely. stocks and bonds and so forth. That's a game, listen, that's above my pay grade, okay? I need things like iFlip. I need good investors. I need good wealth managers. I need that kind of thing to do yep. it. But otherwise, I tend to buy the stocks that I like or use, yeah. you know? <laughs> which, which most people do, right? Most people yeah. do. Well, you should. I mean, I think that's a smart thing to do, you know. Um, but let me, let me, right now, we're dealing with something that's unprecedented. Should we remain confident about the economy and our finances? Uh, I think we have to. We have to remain confident that um, we will make it through this. We have to be a little bit more maybe conservative right now and making proper decisions and really paying attention to the decisions we're making um, because we will Come, come around and we want to be ready as things pick up as to what opportunities are out there and, and how can we uh, take advantage of them without obviously taking advantage of other people, as you said earlier. Well, well, listen up, everybody. He just said something that just perked me up. If you saw me, I just jumped up out of my chair because you're not saying stop. You know, some people are thinking about stop. Let's wait. Let's sit on the couch and eat some bonbons. Let's go go in a hole and cry. You're not saying that. You you're saying let's keep going. Be but be prudent about it, which I think is the right move. I because there's some good buys. I'm going through with some acquisitions right now. I'm looking for cash to do some deals because there's going to be some good deals. And I'm not trying to be preying on other people, folks. Absolutely. I'm, but you know, look, let's pick up some of the pieces. I keep saying we're business first responders. It's our duty to do this. It's our job to get the North American uh, economy going. You like how I said that, Craig? I said North American. I didn't say Absolutely. U.S. I said that means Canada and the U.S. You know, some of us think Canada is more than just a hat for America. Okay. <laughs> All right. But, nice. but there's going to be some buy. So talk to me about the real estate. I mean, you've been doing this for a long, long time, and I think it's a great time for real estate. Yeah, I, I, I bought, uh, even when I bought my first house, I rented out the basement when I was uh, 25 years old. Had a couple of duplexes not long after that. And I've always loved real estate. My dad always talked to me and said, bricks and mortar, bricks and mortar. Uh, we bought in the US after the 2008 crash. Uh, got some great deals in there. And obviously, they came back up and did well for us. And now we're actually buying in a, um, in a uh, vacation area of Owen Sound in Ontario. And we saw a great opportunity there that it was a depressed market. 
And we've gone in there and we're helping to build the market back up, build the city back up and buy properties and got some really good deals that are already starting to produce better results. Wow. So what's right now for you? you I mean, you've got a lot of property now. You probably got rents, right? Yep. Yep. People are probably now starting to say, man, I don't know if I can pay my rent. I mean, is, is the sphincter tightening for you a little bit? Uh, we've, we've, um, we've talked with all of our uh, tenants um, mm-hmm. to make sure they're okay. And yep. we've given them a couple of breaks where, where they've needed it. So only a few of them have actually had to come to us and say, look, we need to uh, address our rent. So we cut a few of them in half and we'll worry about making that up afterwards. We got, just like uh, you guys have, we have some government help coming. So yep. we, we directed all of our commercial tenants over to how to apply for that government assistance and what have you. So whatever we can do to help them, we're definitely helping them out. Yeah. And you know, I love Canada. I, I spent a great deal of time there and uh, have property up there as well. But I, I think the U.S. government's actually done a better job than the Canadian government in terms of doing stuff faster. Yeah, they, they've, um, the Canadian government's really stepped up uh, in the past week. Uh, yeah. Trying to get everything in place now is, is what's happening. We could be another two to three weeks before it's in place. But uh, they, they added the um, subsidy for wages this past yeah. week, which was exceptional, which is going to be a big help for a lot. Keep people working instead of putting them on unemployment. Right. Well, I think that was the smartest move that the, both governments have made yeah. in saying, look, we don't make this our problem. We're going to keep it where it's at. Okay. But we're going to help you. We're going to have to pay for it anyway. So why don't we pay you and yeah. then you manage it because you're better at managing it because they're your people. I think yeah. that's been pretty good. So yeah, exactly, um, exactly like you said too, uh, Jeffrey, it's about keeping the economy flowing, right? If everybody pulls back, goes on unemployment, things completely shut down, you know, that just spirals, but keeping the thing rolling. Right. Keeping it rolling. Well, and, and I like what you said about property. One of the I was talking to one of my employees because they were trying to make that employee move during the middle of this thing. And, yep. you know, lease was up and trying to make a move. And I'm saying, go tell them that they're not making you move. You're staying because the first tenant, the first rule of of property management is to keep your tenants alive. OK, yeah. <laughs> you know, and keep them alive and keep them healthy. And I love that you said the first thing you did was we checked on them as if they were OK. Yeah. That. You know, you didn't say anything about money. You didn't say that, but Craig, that says a lot about you as well. And I think that's, that's what's real. That's why I've always liked you and having you be a part of our hero club. So should we be selling or should we be investing right now? And what's the prudent thing to do, Craig? Uh, well, from, from myself, um, again, I'm staying away from the stock markets right now, yeah. although I'm paying attention. Uh, yep. And I do have some activity going there that I'm watching, like through my iFlip and what have you. So definitely keeping that on the side. But from a real estate standpoint, uh, I am looking to continue to acquire right now. Yeah. Uh, opportunities. You, so to- like if you had a piece of property, you, you're saying if you had a piece of property, and I think you have multiple, yep. you know, like multiple rental units, yep. things like condos and apartments, yep. things like yep. that. Yep. What, what you're saying, well, I mean, if you had one for sale, would you take it off the market? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be selling right now. Um, and, you know, unless I had an, an extreme property that somebody has strong interest in, but for the most part, I, I wouldn't be selling my property. Or, right now. or you needed the cash to go and do a bigger deal, right? I right. Mean, that, exactly. That, yeah. You know, kind of a trade you, sometimes you'll trade up or level up, which I think yeah. is interesting. Yeah. That's what I, I tend to do with, with our properties. We look at uh, how do we max them out? What can, what yeah. can we get them to their maximum value? And then once they level out, okay, should we still be here or is it time to sell because we can go duplicate and do the same thing somewhere else? Totally. Yeah. So uh, what are you noticing about how 
the investing real estate industry is adapting to the current business client. So, and then, and then I, I have a follow-up to that. Yeah. So I, I find that for the most part up here for, for us is that um, landlords are trying to work with, with their tenants, uh, understanding that they don't want to lose them. The businesses have slowed down, obviously. And in some cases, uh, the businesses do need the help from the landlord. And we're quite willing to do that with our tenants, but even more so if we can get them the government assistance, you know, working with the businesses as a landlord, working with the businesses and helping them with their needs so that they can get through this. Uh, last thing we want to do is lose a tenant because they go under as well, right? Totally. Hey, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back after this message from one of our great sponsors. C-Suite Radio. Hey, thank you. We're talking with Craig Dunkerley. He's the CEO and founding partner of BG Wealth Group. We're talking about who wants to be a millionaire, how to make a million bucks in real estate or more. And of course, he's made many more millions than a million in real estate. He's a smart guy. He's a very ethical guy, a classic guy from way up in Canada. And he's talking to us about the property investments and what you should be doing right now. So everybody, thanks for keep joining us. We're showing up live on LinkedIn and we're on Facebook and we're doing our best to keep the signal with all the traffic and everything else that we got. So keep those questions coming. We like to be able to ask those questions. I try to work them in as well. So you're giving me some really good ones. So I just think that's just absolutely fantastic to be able to think about the things that you can do. My, my follow-up question is, how are you helping your customers and clients adapt? So you got people giving you money or coming in with you and partnering. So how are you helping them adapt to this? Uh, extra communication. Yeah. Uh, we, we've jumped on a, on a few live streams ourselves uh, to make sure that we're getting to people because people who are worried, who aren't really sure about where they're at or where they're going to be, just reassuring them uh, that they're on the right path and continue the path and, and stay strong. And being, so you look, go yeah. ahead. Sorry, Craig. Being, being there, you know, some people, you know, through this will have little breakdowns and it's, it's helping them through those as well. Um, because, you know, this isolation, um, the social isolation and not being out, not being social with people can really affect a person's uh, mood and, and demeanor and talking to people sometimes just about keeping them pumped up as well, which is I like what you do, Jeffrey, you know, you're positive. Let's go. Let's keep moving. Right. Don't stop and sit there eating the bonbons. Right. But you got to be realistic in this as well. And Absolutely. I, you know, I think that's a, a big thing with that we're doing for all business leaders. And that's why I like the calming effect that you and others have as well. It's you're, you're not panicking. Right. Right. I, but did you feel I felt panic? I felt panic for a day for part of a day, you know, and then I said, well, pick, you know, put your big boy pants on Jeff and get moving because you got no other choice. Right. Yeah. One, one of my uh, biggest challenging days came a week ago when it was really making decisions uh, on how to, how to, how to handle the employees, yeah. right? Looking at how is the business going to continue? Is it going to continue strong enough that we can keep everybody employed? And uh, uh, we, we looked tight, we, we, we worked at the numbers and we said, you know what, we can keep our team employed. So that's, that's a definite bonus that feels good um, as a CEO, as a company owner that you keep your people going and fed. Yeah. Well, that, ladies and gentlemen, that's the, that's the mark of a valued leader right there. You just heard it. That's, uh, you know, that was also my first inclination. What can I do to keep the family together? Yeah, absolutely. And what do I, you know, and then, by the way, the government's helped us a great deal. I don't yep. know that, you know, without that, for a lot of us, we could be able to do it. Some 
of course, you know, we've seen 10 million or so uh, laid off already. So yeah. um, it's, it's massive. It's big, but you know, it's going to turn around. It's going to be there. We're going to have it. Everybody's got a calming effect. I think that's, that's the cool. And, and you know, I've got these keeps that I talk about, you know, you got to keep your customers uh, engaged. And number two is keep your employees focused. That's what we got to do. And by keeping them employed, eh, that keeps them focused, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, yeah. We, get, we get back to the worry. I don't have to worry about, you know, you know, what they're going to be able to do. So let me ask you another question. Look into the crystal ball and tell me where do you see the industry going? What's your forecast in the next six months to a year? Industry as in uh, real estate? Yeah, for real estate. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I think that's the better one to talk about. You know, one of one of the, the biggest things I've always recognized with real estate is it does have its ups and downs. Right. Mainly we want to be on the ups and we may see a little bit of a dip right now and things slow down and prices drop down. But then as things move out a, a year or two years from now, uh, I think anybody who has taken advantage of some of the uh, opportunities that come up, you know, it's, it's not you don't make money on real estate on based on what price you, you sell it at. You make the money based on what you buy it at. Right. Always finding a good deal. Mm -hmm. And I feel anybody looking for good deals right now and can get those good deals, they know what they're doing. A year from now, two years from now, they will have done very well for themselves. That's awesome. Well, hey, what's uh, speaking of a good deal? I need to take a good deal. I need a, another commercial break. So we'll take a quick break and be right back. C Suite Radio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're live right on LinkedIn and Facebook. And we're, of course, we're, we're taping an episode of the C-Suite. No, not the C-Suite. Oh, my gosh. I got so many TV shows and radio shows. I got to remember which one. This is all business with Jeffrey Hazen on C-Suite Radio. That's what we're doing. And we're doing our live specials featuring a couple guests every single day. And, of course, I'm with, uh, I'm with my good friend, Craig Dunker, the CEO. He runs a massive operation for real estate. I got to ask you a question here in the couple minutes we got left. How do you remain upbeat and engaged? You know, it's just looking at the, the positives all the time. You know, there's good, you know, there's, you know, there's little things happening that can push you aside, but always looking at the positives. There's, there's opportunities here and, and um, staying engaged with people, I think. Talking, talking to your team, talking to people who you normally deal with still, even though they're not in the office. You know, getting on a, a Zoom meeting with them, getting on a call with them, keeping them engaged and, and just, you know, looking at, you know, what, what's the day look like? The day looks like we've got to get some things done. We'll get them done and we'll come through it. So the, I, I just can't get down. <laughs> well, you know, it, I always ask people say, you know, Jeff, why, you know, you're so positive about where it's going to go and what's going to happen. I said, like, we got an alternative. What, you know. Like, you know, it's it's like John Kasich, who is the former governor of Ohio after Trump won the election. And and Kasich was, of course, very, very disappointed that he won, but he was being supportive of the president. And of course, I thought that was kind of interesting. Why? He said, well, it'd be like me being on a plane and hoping the pilot does a bad job. You know, right. <laughs> we yeah. don't want that to happen. Yeah, we have to we have to deal with it. Right. Whatever comes our way, we have to deal with it. And staying positive, I think, helps us all move through a lot quicker and easier. Yeah. Well, let me ask you one question. What's one takeaway you want to leave with our audience uh, in terms of the real estate market and what they can do and what they can look forward to? Uh, I, I would I would leave them with right now is um, be be conservative, uh, but look for opportunities. Find people who are having success in what you may want some success in. If that's real estate, find someone who has success and connect with them because there are opportunities right now. 
and there'll be more opportunities coming. Don't run away from them. Look at them, take advantage of them, and, and make yourself some money and, and get into something that maybe you've always wanted to do but not been able to do. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, that's great advice. You know, what you want to do is you want to go out there and you want to seek counsel, not advice. You want to seek counsel. And by, by Matt, you mean go to people who have done it before and been there. And this has been a, a really great time. We've been talking with Craig Dunkerway, the CEO and founding partner of BG Wealth Group, and he's making wealth. And he showed us how you can really, truly be a millionaire. Craig, thanks so much for joining us right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Listen, everybody, stick around because we're going to have another special guest. We're going to talk about cash, how to navigate the financial perfect storm. Do not leave us. We're going to take a quick break, just a pause in the break while we get the setup for our next interview. Craig, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Jeffrey. It's been a pleasure, always. Hey, at the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned. And before we go to our next guest, and I want you to stick around because we've got a really good segment coming up after this one. I want to talk about what I learned from Craig Dunkerway, the CEO of BG Wealth Group. I'm telling you, I learned, do not panic. You know, no matter what's thrown at you, a lot of us as business entrepreneurs, we love chaos. Chaos, we thrive on it. We're fixers. We learn that in other shows that we are fixers. That's what we like to do. The key thing is to stay calm. Don't panic. Look for those silver linings and look for those things that you can find to make investments now that will pay off later. And if you don't panic, that'll happen. Okay, on this segment of all business, I want to talk about it's always about the cash because it always is about the cash. And you're going to have a great show as we talk about how to navigate the financial perfect storm because our next guest is helping us with that. He is an expert about money and money makes the world go round, as we know. And as a result of the current global situation, there are many concerns about how it will affect the worldwide economy and finance. And I always like to go to this guy because I'm telling you, he is one smart dude on money. My next guest has been named one of the 100 most influential people in finance. He's also a global expert in currency strategy. I'm telling you in this show, this episode that we're talking about, man, he, he's, he uses some big terms, and but he makes it sound simple. And that's what he's going to be doing for us as, he, as an expert in currency strategy for corporations. And he'll tell us the difference between a perfect financial storm versus a hurricane and how to forecast liquidity, which is a big, big question that comes up in this particular episode, and the challenges of maintaining continuity. So please welcome to all business, Wolfgang. Coaster, the chief strategist and evangelist for Kariba Corporation. Good to have you here, Wolfgang. Great to be here. Good to see you from Arizona to South Dakota. <laughs> there you go. Fantastic. From our home. <laughs> well, we're so we're so glad to have you. It's a lot sunnier where you're at. It's a little not sunny here. I'm in South Dakota, but we got snow going on. I know you don't um, have snow in. in no, in, we're gonna so. hit 85 degrees. I think. <laughs> well, I think we. I think we're just gonna dump you off this uh, show right now if you keep bragging like that. So. Uh, we're just trying to kill the virus with heat. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I hope that works. We certainly yeah, hope it heats up and gets done. So, yeah. hey, let's talk about liquidity. How does currency matter? Uh, well. Yeah, how does currency matter or influence liquidity? How does that how does that relate back and forth? So yeah, so that's a really good question. People wonder right now. So if you're really thinking about it, corporations are going. They're really saying, I can't forecast where I'm gonna be in 12 months or 18 months. Yeah. So I have to focus on my balance sheet. So my balance sheet really consists of monetary assets and monetary liabilities, i.e., the word monetary being liquid or somewhat liquid by defined by accounting purposes. 
So the average, the S&P 500 company, the average company does over 50% of their business outside of their, outside of the United States. That means that their monetary assets and liabilities that they have as they're having accounts payable, accounts receivables, cash, intercompanies, loans, short-term loans, all these things are influenced by currencies, which is really remarkable. So, and when you think about like today, you had a 2% move in the sterling in one day. I mean, you know, we think about, yeah, interest rates and they're going 50 basis points down in an annual basis over a 10 year period. There's a 2% move in one currency in one day. So if you, for example, in these times, all of a sudden have an accounts receivable that you're not getting for 90 days, that that could be worth 15% less in right. nine, nine in 90 days or, so or, or a lot less quite frankly given or this a time. lot less. Might, i mean <laughs> yeah. they might not even be able especially in a small business they might not ever be able to pay it it might go away you know bigger companies you got a bigger shot at it right because right, they're not right. they're they've got bigger leverage levers to pull than yeah. most small businesses so if you're over if you're a mid-cap company 100 million or greater you got a lot more. If you're a billion-dollar company, you got a stream lot more uh, ish, you know, things to do. So what's been interesting about that, you're absolutely right, but even the $50 million revenue companies probably already doing somewhere between 20 and 35, 40% of the business abroad. And there are some companies yeah. that are small that, quite frankly, they – and when I say do business, I think it's really important to focus not just on revenues but on expenses. So I love using the examples of a West Coast supermarket, Albertsons who you think, well, they're, they're not even in the East Coast. They're probably not in South Dakota either. They're just kind of- Well, they used to be. No, they start, Albertson they? started out here. Did they? Okay, there you go. Albertson's, yeah, what's this? But they went West, not East. <laughs> yeah, they started in the, Albertson started in the Midwest and then, and then migrated. And then of course they bought Safeway. Right, exactly. Yeah, so the interesting thing about that is their entire revenue is dollars as far as I know. I don't think they have stores abroad. And if they do, it's, it's immaterial. So you think, well, they're not going to be impacted by currencies. Therefore, that part of the liquidity is an issue. Well, they get a lot of their fruit out of Mexico. They Mexico. get bread out of Mexico. They get sweets out of China, quite frankly. They get all sorts of actually sourcing their expenses. A lot of it is actually not in U.S. dollars. So, so you, when you're thinking about 50% of business abroad, you don't just think about revenues and what where you're selling. You have to think about where you're buying. So there's actually companies that are over 100% exposed because they may be doing 60% of their revenues abroad and 50% of their expenses abroad. And they're over 100% of their revenues are exposed to currencies because at the end of the day, what you will think is say, okay, they're doing most of their sales in the G10s and they're doing most of their sourcing in Vietnam, Malaysia, et cetera, et cetera. So it's massively impacting liquidity. Now it's a bigger picture. That's one part of liquidity but it's a big part of liquidity. So, well, I think it's interesting. I've been asking this question, uh, Wolfgang, and I love to get your opinion because you, listen, I really value it. You've been speaking in a lot of uh, television. Uh, you've been a pundit in a lot of diff uh, different television uh, networks and this recognizes as a, as a real leader, as I mentioned in the introduction. Think about um, China right now. Our business with China is about, we, they, but they're 34 of our GDP. 
you know, 34% of our GDP. Yeah, exactly. And 17% worldwide. Do you think, you think that this is going to cause a shift of bringing us back a little bit more manufacturing? We got 90% of our pharmaceuticals being done over there, I think right now. <laughs> I mean, that, this back. doesn't seem right. There should be a, you know, just like we, when we saw business being sucked to Ireland, when Ireland did what it did, we should be bringing that stuff back. There should be a huge sucking sound going on right now of bringing all that production back and not putting all of our eggs in one basket. I think I absolutely believe that's going to happen. I think what we were already, we were in trade wars and I I emphasize were in trade wars. And what part of that problem ended up being is if your currency is strong, then you are actually less competitive, right? So if you, it's just your products are more expensive. So you had this over the last certainly three, you can argue 10 years, you had this race to the bottom as I termed it years ago, Mm. which is, you know, everybody wants their currency to be uh, lower and to the point that the United States is emphasizing, hey, listen, China, you are a currency manipulator. Have you ha- heard that word out of the president's mouth <laughs> since the coronavirus? Yeah. No. no. Do you know why? Because we're shifting from a trade war to a budget war. And we've been in these days again. So in a budget war, what happens is you want your currency as strong as possible because you're going to buy companies, properties, inventories around the world. And the stronger your currency is, the cheaper it is for you to buy it. Yeah. So you could, and, and I, which, and which I, helps the, re- which will help the recovery a great deal. Fantastic. Yeah. So it, I, it's I, like, I, it's I, like a two for one. It's a, it's a much higher multiple. You know, we, it, it'll make it much faster. Is that is that why the Fed said, I mean, the Fed chair actually said in 60 minutes, I referred to this and I thought, wow. He said, what, what, they asked him, what mistake did we make in 2008? He goes, um, we didn't go deep enough. We didn't go fast enough. And we, we, we're going to throw money at this like you've never seen before. Is that the reason why he's doing that? Well, I think that's one of the reasons. I mean, that's purely economic. I don't think they're throwing money at it to get the dollar up. Because quite frankly, we all know that the more money you print, your currency should actually go down, right? So in this case, it's actually going up. But the reason that we're not arguing this is, and I I like, I think back to the very early 80s dating myself here, when I was in college and I wrote a very controversial paper about uh, the Rockefeller Center being bought by the Japanese. And at that time, everybody was afraid of what is going on that the Japanese are buying one of the 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 center was Rockefeller Center Empire State, Icon- right? uh, iconic property in the United States iconic property in the United States and my paper actually said is you want to sell high and buy low so what we did is we sold at the very high all those properties and then bought them back much lower because guess what happened dollar went strong all of yeah. a sudden their value and I see yeah, the, the same y- thing the yen, di- we- the yen died the Japanese were remember, at that time were buying Ooh. everything remember they bought uh, yeah. Pebble Beach uh, yep. they bought so exactly. many iconic properties at that time. And then and that, that's all they were like, oh, we're going to just buy iconic because that was safe. But in reality, what happens is and I, that's the beauty of this country is that we know, OK, we, we have a longer term view towards this. We'll get this back. So if now what had, had happened is that China was buying all these companies, partially uh, the issue was technology race, but that wasn't all they were doing. But that was certainly focused on it. I think we can buy those back cents on the dollar with the currency raising as high as it's gone. So well, I don't think you're... Yeah. Speaking about cents on the dollar, 
And buying buying high and selling low, I need to take a quick break, and I'll be right back after this message. C-Suite Radio. Okay, we're back. Hey, we're talking with Wolfgang Coaster, and uh, we're talking all about money. We're all talking about it's always about cash, how to navigate the financial uh, perfect storm. He's the chief strategist and evangelist for Kyriva Corporation. And, of course, we're going live on LinkedIn and on Facebook. Thanks for joining us there. This is Jeffrey Hazlitt, All Business with Jeffrey Hazlitt on C-Suite Radio. Let me ask you a question. How do you forecast liquidity? Ah, really good question. And probably <laughs> that is probably the question that we're actually going to come out of this crisis with. Yeah, I actually think that we're going to come out of, I may preempt this, out of this thing about asking about uh, banks and investors are going to look more about what I term as liquidity resilience or an exchange resilience. And the question there is going to be is, how are we going to not regulate, but probably have disclosure requirements that are going to emphasize a lot more about liquidity? So at Kariba, as you know, we actually created an active liquidity networking. And what that meant is we took cash and actually positioned it into four pillars of managing and looking at liquidity and understanding it. So as we will look at this, looking backwards, we're going to look and say, okay, the liquidity was what was cash, what was available, what were the credit lines, and what credit lines will be available if things get tough? And I think that's always the question. Now, uh, the difference between the 2008 crisis and this, the learning is going to be that in 2008, we said, okay, we're going to do more Bank of International Settlement requirements, regulations on the banks, et cetera. You're not going to have regulations that are going to dictate how business will do business going forward. But what you will likely have is much more disclosures around liquidity. Let's go back to foreign exchange, if I may. If you look at the way um, foreign exchange is disclosed or required to be disclosed in the 10Qs and the 10Ks, kind of meaningless, actually. And what that what it says is, you're, it's good enough for you to say, if the, the euro moves, I'm a dollar-based company, if the euro moves 10%, here's what that would mean to me. Unhedged. Mm. Okay? So in 99% of the cases, that's a misleading statement in itself because this is all supposed to be about grandma reading financials going, hey, I get this, right? It's like, okay, 10%, okay, they have a billion euros, 10% move, 100 million, there's a $100 million risk. I don't feel good about the euro. I don't feel good about this company because they're disclosing that they have a $100 million risk. What it doesn't even require them to do is to say, I've got a hedge on this, 100% hedge, so there is no risk. It doesn't require them to even say how hedged they are, how protected they are. So you're going to see these areas where there's going to be a much more increase of transparency to liquidity, to managing and understanding liquidity. And, you know, I was on a webinar with uh, Coca-Cola. Sorry if I interrupted on this thing. I know it's a little long-winded, but uh, on this webinar with Coca-Cola, where they basically talked about how they are doing all these scenario analysis about liquidity. And you know who's on that board <laughs> on a daily basis. Yeah. yeah but, it, but it also says, hey, you can be, and this might be good, good, good for a lot of even small businesses. It means Listen, you could be heavily in debt, you could have that, but if you have access to capital and you have the use of that funds, you're gonna be fine. Right. That, I that's mean, correct. that's, so that, that's, that's what okay. the requirement should be. You should be yeah. able to always, on a, on a certainly quarterly basis, update, here's my cash, yeah. here's my debt, and here's my credit availability, 
and that will change on a on, that can change yeah. and it should then the, really good as you know the problem is 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 how can i get enough credit how can i get enough you know access to the capital right that's 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 most because we're we these archaic ways we've been doing it in the past this is a much better way of doing it because this i'm a good bet or others are good bets even though we've got this debt sitting out there look look all this money is going into high growth. It's going into places. It's going to generate more cash, but he needs the cash to be able to do it. You need to open that up so somebody can do that. Right. That's absolutely correct. Absolutely That's the name 100%. of the game. So what's Let me ask interesting you is when we did on this webinar thing is we went through uh, actually analyzing is who thinks they have really great visibility to their cash and can forecast it well. And the answer was from CFOs of Fortune 100 companies, the answer was, Everybody thinks that everybody else has the visibility and we're the only ones who don't. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So that luckily, amazing. no. That's crazy. Hey, let's take a quick break. We'll come right yeah. back. And we're talking with Wolfgang Coaster, and he's the chief strategist evangelist for Kyriba Corporation. C-Suite Radio. Okay, I got to ask you this question because we got about five minutes left, and and yeah. we're just, I love this. I get you, you and I could talk forever. We've done this on TV. <laughs> we've done this. We've done this in live audiences, and live now audience. we're doing this yeah. right here on All Business with Jeffrey. Hazel Always enjoy Street. being with you. Always enjoy. Well, thank being with you. you. You're a smart guy. So and you you explain it well, which is really great because it's a tough subject. It's not my area. I'm you know I'm a rough and tumble entrepreneur, and you know. Uh, when I got a Fortune 100 officer uh, job, they said, "What's the, what do you what can we do for you?" I said, "Send me someplace I could start. I could really read a balance sheet." So I went to Harvard for uh, you know oh, for you, you know a week long workshop to learn. You know, it was one of the best things I've ever done. So hey, money is is key to keeping the business running. We've been talking about that. How do we keep the cash flow going right now? One of my big keeps is telling everybody to keep the cash flow and keep the cash flowing. So what advice do you have for a business, small or large? What, what advice do you have for them? Well, the number one thing, this is when we're talking to them, is first of all, in order to do scenario analysis, you need to have complete visibility to your cash and your forecasting. If you don't do that well, and you're, if you're under a billion dollar company, for example, at Kyriba, we're doing our part in actually offering that technology for free through the crisis is over, quite frankly, because we just want to help too. We want to help the economy do that because- Well, that's not you, bad for business either. It, it's good. Hey, by the way, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, but it will also be good for business too later on. But that's but there should be nothing wrong with that, and you should well, not be. If I'm, if, if I'm if I'm giving somebody something, they see a lot of value in it. Then yeah, maybe eventually they'll pay for it, and if they don't need it anymore, they get rid of it. But you right. know, yes, I'm betting yeah. that they're going to say, "Wow, everybody else now has that visibility." You're totally right. But at least yeah. I'm saying, look, here it is. It's for free. I want to help you because this is the fundamentals of all. This is what you know, almost 3000 of our corporate customers are doing today and how they're leveraging it. And if you're not doing it, quite frankly, you're gonna fall behind and you're gonna have a big competitive disadvantage. Let's, let's just be honest about that. So then when you're going through that analysis, you gotta first say, okay, what is the cash? What do I have? What are the visibilities? And then what scenarios do I need to run clearly? And it's not, you know, people aren't just doing running scenarios through April 30th, <laughs> as we had been, uh, you know, told as, as that then it could be over, but, they're, they need to be running scenarios through October 31st. And the next thing they do when they have the visibility, then they go in, they have to manage their revenue expectations, their accounts receivables, and their accounts payables. These are so key. You know what you got cash. You need to get as much of the cash in there constantly. So really focus on your accounts receivables. Really get, get after them and know, have a team after that, probably increase that area. 
hire people into that if you have to, which kind of in itself should be interesting. And on the accounts payable to negotiate with, you know, people that are saying, listen, you know, I, I, I've got, if I'm a business that is cash crunching, go to your landlord, for example, and say, listen, I, I can't pay you right now all of it. I can pay you 50%. And then over the next 18 months, as, as an example, I'm going right. to pay you the, that difference back. So you need right. to manage this thing. But if you don't have proper visibility, you don't have contracts automated and all these sort of things, really hard to do. And yeah. then you, but you have to really focus on what you got to do. But what we, for example, do in our business is we are focusing on, and I remember Mark Benioff at Salesforce saying the biggest mistake he ever made is not being prepared fully with his sales team to come out of, uh, of the crisis. So he let too many of the salespeople go is what he admitted to. And he wishes he didn't do it. And so what he said, then let's educate our people. Let's get our people also through this thing. Keep as many of the jobs as we possibly can afford to do. And when you're, when you're coming out of this thing, you got to hit the road running. And I think that's, that's an amazing right. statement. It's a hard one, it's a, but it's a really smart one. You know this is over. Cutting right now and then re-educating is just a really not a good idea. Well, I'm telling people, get ready. Uh, get through, The yeah. 60 days is important. Next 60 to yeah. 90 days, very important without question. Just get through it, but be ready for the restart. Because when that restart yeah. comes, it's like driving down a road. You hit the interstate. All this traffic's backed up. You're in this like slow moving, slow moving, slow moving. And all of a sudden, you get to this point where no cars are there. There's a banana on the side of the road. Everybody stopped to look at a banana. Why? It's a banana. And then all of a sudden, you look ahead. It's wide open. Go. I mean, that's yeah. where we're in. Or, you know, if you think about the strategy of F1 racing, right, where if you kind of are in the middle of the field, you may want to actually fail a test. So you're at the very end, last car. And then the strategy is you drive up and everybody's going and you actually pull back and then you go full force. And when you hit that flag, you have so much speed, you're blowing by everybody. That's, That's what awesome. you do in F1 racing. <laughs> That's good stuff. Good stuff. Hey, let me ask you real quick with a minute left. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about the active liquidity network. You kind of mentioned that a little bit. You kind of hinted. I want to know more about that. What is it? Yeah, so what an active liquidity network is, is focuses RVC around uh, liquidity. Then the networking actually becomes when you're thinking about, okay, how do I finance my supply chain financing, for example? How do I do that business? Well, that's not just going to be supply chain financing within the US, it's going to be international. So you're all of a sudden creating this idea about I've got all these suppliers and I interact the foreign exchange risk management to that and interact the cash to that. So what you end up doing is you're creating a network, which we are supplying, where all of a sudden you get to us and say, listen, I want to do this supply chain buying with these five banks. I want to do these foreign exchange with these 10 banks. And I want to do it more active. And this is where we're going to go. The issue has been that these have been very manual processes driven by Excel spreadsheets. We all know that. And now there are solid platforms, much more safe, much more secure out there, which quite frankly, you can manage from home, no problems, no problems on VPN with and all these sort of things. And you can now actively manage it. The people who don't actively manage their liquidity will fall behind, will have a competitive disadvantage. Well, it's just been fascinating. You know, Wolfgang, as we go through this, we're going to have you back on because it's just always great to have good advice and, and give us some time, giving us some top level things that we don't always think about. At least most business people aren't always thinking of it. Although the cash flow right now, I'm telling you folks, listen in to me. Yeah. This is the king. Cash is king. Cash is king. And being able to have access to it and being able to spend it, it'll either save you or get you ahead. Either way. So we've been talking with Wolfgang Coaster. He is the chief strategist evangelist of Kyriba. He's been right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Wolfgang, thanks for joining us. 
Thanks for having me, Jeff. We'll see you soon. At the end of the show, I love to talk about the things I learned. And I learned about more about liquidity and how to be resolute in that liquidity, how to make it work for you. And that's the most thing that's the most, 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 most valuable right now is having access to cash in any way, shape, or form, either in credit or real cash that's in the bank. So that's the big thing. Cash is always king and you got to go find it. So right now, spend the time going and collecting, spend the time on getting as much of a loan or, or extended on credit that you possibly can. And you're going to come out, you're going to come out smelling like roses or maybe daisies, but as close to roses as you can get. Okay. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to tell your friends. This has been Jeffrey Hazlett on All Business right here on C-Suite Radio. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.